following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This, this is the Players' Lounge. Broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Now your hosts, Barry Church, Danny McRae, and Nui Scruggs. All right, everybody, it's Friday. That means it's time for the Players' Lounge. I'm Newey Scruggs, longtime Cowboys reporter, joined by former Dallas Cowboys players, Danny McRae and Barry Church. Gentlemen, we got a lot to talk about within this hour. First off, how's everybody doing? Danny? <laughs> I'm doing better than Earl Thomas. No, I'm doing good, man. I'm doing <laughs> I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing really, I'm doing really well. I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing really well, man. Quarantine. Wow. Interesting, interesting stuff, man. We got a lot of good stuff to talk about. Shot, shots thrown early. Shots thrown early, man. I'm doing good, by the way. Oh, I'm, doing I'm, not good. I'm, doing I'm not laughing. I'm not laughing. I'm not laughing. It's crap. Not laughing. <laughs> My bad. Yes, I don't know sir. the man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, it, it, you know, I, I will say this, Danny, just based on what you just said to start off the show. They do play the Ravens this year. The Cowboys do play the Ravens this year. So. <laughs> hey, I, 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 I ain't worried about it. <laughs> oh, man. We, we will oh. dive into uh, other topics non-Cowboy related throughout this show. All right, first off, everybody, um, the schedule is out. The 2020 schedule is out, the National Football League. Uh, Chris, go ahead and pop up that schedule. Let's look at the first quarter of the schedule. The Dallas Cowboys are slated to start the NFL season in Los Angeles, California, specifically Inglewood at the new SoFi Stadium where the Rams and the Chargers are going to share the stadium. The Cowboys, interestingly enough, are going to go ahead and take on the Chargers in a preseason game. So September 13th on Sunday night, NBC5, Sunday night football, Rams, then it's at home against Maddie Icy Atlanta Falcons, then up to Washington to face the Seattle Seahawks, then a October 4th game against Baker Mayfield, the Cleveland Browns. All right, gentlemen, break down these first three games here. Church, what are you seeing? Uh, I'm kind of conflicted here for these first uh, the first four games, man. Um, overall, I feel like they have a favorable schedule, but these first four, it's and it's only, it's come down to one team for me. It comes down to the Atlanta Falcons. I feel like um, they'll they'll go through um, L.A. in that first game, but I feel like the Atlanta Falcons they're a tricky team, man, because I feel like they have a lot of momentum coming into this year. I think they finished the year pretty well, if I'm not mistaken, last season. Um, even though they didn't make the playoffs, I feel like they won the last couple games. But they got Mighty Ice there. They got Julio Jones. They got a newly acquired Todd Gurley in the backfield, and he's had success against Cowboy defenses in the past. So we shall see. But that's a conflicting game for me. I got them winning it, but I'm not quite sure about it. But the rest of them, I feel like they should uh, easily mop up those last two games. But the, the, the conflicting one, oh, and I'm sorry. I'm mistaken. Oh. No, no, they will not beat the Seattle Seahawks. So the first the first couple of games, I got, them going, I got them going maybe three and one or two and two. Yeah, I'm a I, I, three and one. You, you you had me confused, got, Church. With, with the Church, you had me confused with the uh, with the Seahawks mop them up. I, I was I was yeah, I was questioning your uh, <laughs> my mistake. That was my mistake. That was my mistake. Uh, no, I see. Uh, I mean, I, I believe they beat the Rams. I'm not even sure like what the Rams are right now. They don't have Cooks. 
They don't have Gurley. They still have golf. So I think we go out there and we get a, get a dub. The Falcons, I think we get the win just because they are such an iffy team. They have so much talent. They, they kind of remind me of us, uh, the, the old us. We have talent on the roster, but we aren't able to, to get those wins. So I think with the new regime coming in, I think we go out there and we beat the Falcons. The Reds, I mean, the Seahawks, I think that is kind of up in the air. If it's only 15 or 20% capacity allowed in the stadium, I think we have a better chance of winning because that 12 man is, is a real thing. So I, that, that just depends. So I, I'm going to chalk that up as an L. And we, we go out there and we, we beat LSU North. So I, I got us going three and one. <laughs> okay, so three and one for Church and McCray to start the first quarter of the schedule. All right, let's look at the second part of it. Chris, go ahead and throw that up on the screen there. Chris Beam, who helps us out and makes this whole podcast go. We appreciate Chris. All right, so the second part is a October 11th game against the New York football giants. Joe Judge is a new head coach there. Jason Garrett's the offensive coordinator. Uh, Mark Colombo's the offensive line coach. So it is a game against the Giants. Then it's Monday Night Football as Kyler Murray of Allen High School comes back to Jerry World to take on the Cowboys. Then it is a game at Washington at FedEx Field to take on that at that sad outfit. And then it is a Sunday night football game at Philadelphia. All right, so Church, start with me here. Give me the wins and losses for this quarter part of the schedule. Um, you guys might think I'm crazy for this, but for this quarter of the schedule, I'm going to go two and two. I'm going to go when they play Ooh. New York. I know New York's coming down here. And I know they had all this success against right. New York. But I feel like New York might be a little – a little. they might have some juice to them. I feel like Garrett going up there, coming down to Jerry World for the first time with the New York colors on, I think he's going to get a little bit of juice to them. And I think they might steal one over in Jerry World. Um, I feel like they'll – um, easily mop up Arizona. That's a that's a younger team. Yeah, they got DeAndre Hopkins, but I don't think that gel right there that early in the season will will click. So I think they'll get rid of them pretty quickly. Um, the Washington Redskins, like like Danny said, I feel like they'll they'll mop them up as well. But uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, um, that'll be an intriguing matchup right there. I'm not quite sure was that home or away. That is, away. that is a away game on Sunday night. Okay, that's a away game. So. I feel like uh, Philly, Philly will take that one away. Um, they got all their, their weapons back offensively if everybody's healthy, plus they added some speed on the outside. Plus they've had the Cowboys number here this last year, so I feel like uh, Philly will take that one and get, leaving the Cowboys 2-2 two and two after the second quarter. All right. McCray. Yeah, I'm, uh, I, I think we'll beat the Giants. I do think that it will be one of those uh, – those offensive games where it's, it's scoring, whoever's the last person to score wins, they score 50, 55 points because I think JG has has it on his mind that he has uh, Danny Dimes and Saquon to work with and he's going to come out and try to prove a point. But I think we still get that dub. The Cardinals for me, man, uh, like history for, for me playing against the Cardinals when I'm with the Cowboys is it's always super tough and we never, never know how it's going to end. So just just for that reason, I'm saying that they come to town and, 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 and we lose that one. We lose that one. And then we, we finish off the uh, two division games with, with a win. So it's another three and one start uh, for me in the second quarter of the season. Okay, so at the halfway mark, Church, you've got the Cowboys at five and three. McCray, you've got the Cowboys at six and two. Let's go to the third portion, yep. third quarter of the schedule here, which starts November eighth against 
Ben Roethlisberger and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Then it is a game on the road against Minnesota. Remember, last year was a Sunday night game in which Kirk Cousins and company came into Jerry World and ended up getting the win. That's when Tavon Austin had that fair catch at the end that we all questioned, which uh, led to the demise of Keith O'Quinn as special teams coach. Then it's a Thanksgiving Day game. Washington comes to Arlington, and then it's a December 3rd game against MVP Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens and Earl Thomas in Baltimore. So, Church, run it down. How do you see this quadrant as the Cowboys start in Pittsburgh and end up in Earl Thomas's tent? Um, to me, this is going to be the hardest stretch of the season um, by far for the Cowboys. I mean, they got a, a, a stretch right there, which is, would have teams that are experienced have made the playoffs. I know the Steelers missed it last year, but they didn't have Ben Roethlisberger. He's coming back fully healthy. Um, they have to get Juju Smith-Schuster on the right track because uh, last year he kind of dropped off. But I feel like they're going to have an impressive defense, and they're going to bring an offense that uh, I'm not quite sure our defense can handle. So I'm going to give Pittsburgh the win on that one. Um, Ken Folk Cousin, you know, Kirk Cousins over there in Minnesota. We got to go up there as well. I'm not seeing a victory there either. Um, I feel like he, he definitely had our number last year as he, he performed pretty well when he came down here. So us going up there, I don't see us getting that win at all. I feel like they're too balanced of a team for us. So I'll give us an L on that one. Um, Washington, yeah, I think that'll be a wrap. That'll be a dub for us. And uh, I believe that last game, was that against Philly? It's Baltimore. At Baltimore on December oh, Baltimore. 3rd. At Baltimore, game. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's a, it's a Thursday yeah, night game. And that Thursday night game, primetime game, you got the former MVP, Lamar Jackson, right there. I just don't think our defense can handle him. I think it's kind of a – that might be kind of a blowout on Thursday night, but I'm going to go Baltimore there as well. So that's this third quarter I'm going to give the Cowboys a one and three. All right, Church, I do want to make sure I, I stretch this out, stress this into all the, the Cowboy fans right now here on DallasCowboys.com. That Thursday night game against Baltimore is – a week after the Thursday game against the against um, Washington at home, so it's not a short week. So it's a full it's a full week. It's Thursday, and then they play another Thursday. All right, Church, you go ahead. Give me your uh, your your rundown here for Pittsburgh at Minnesota, Thanksgiving Day against Washington, and then on the road at your man Earl Thomas's tent. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I'm going to say this season that we beat the Steelers. The Steelers are coming in. All they have is Juju. I think we get that dub. Um, uh, McCarthy shows that he can be the top-tier team. Okay. Uh, we lose against the Vikings. Uh, you know, the way that we, we came out last last season, they played defense on us. They ran the ball. Until I see something different, uh, I think the Vikings still have the upper hand on us. We beat the Redskins. And, I mean, if, if you're being honest with yourself, playing the Ravens and Lamar Jackson, if they're anything close to what they were last year, we will have a tough time uh, beating them. So I'm going to give us the L on that one as well. Okay, so, Dan, you got a win against Pittsburgh. And what do you have against Minnesota here again? I, I, got, a, I got a loss against uh, Minnesota, and then I have a win against the Redskins, and I have a loss against the Ravens, putting us at 2-2. Two and two. Okay, 2-2. Two and two. So, all right. Chris, put up the final part of the schedule here. It is a return to Cincinnati for Andy Dalton. Then it is a Sunday night football game against the San Francisco 49ers who come to Arlington. Then it is a home game against Philadelphia two days after Christmas. And then it is the season finale, January 3rd, in New Jersey against the New York football Giants. All right, Barry Church, give me, it, uh, give me your take here. 
Uh, these last four games, um, they're kind of tricky, but this, I'm going to give a shot out of or a shot at it here real quick. Um, at the Bengals, uh, like you said, December 13th, uh, that's a noon game. I think um, the Cowboys will be ready to get up and play there easily. Um, I think they take Joe Burrow and, uh, and the Bengals down pretty quickly, so I'll give them a win right there. Uh, San Francisco, they don't have to make the trip out west, so that's an advantage. Uh, San Francisco just to come here, and it's a night game. It is a night game, and uh, I think the Cowboys play well on prime time. So I'm going to give them the dub against San Francisco right there. Um, against Philly, December 27th, 325. Um, that's here in Cowboys Stadium. So earlier I gave Philadelphia the win. I feel like they they've, they normally split the series here and there um, during the season. So I'm going to give them a split series here, and I'm going to give the Cowboys the win. And then that last game against New York with uh, them going up to New York and uh, going against Garrett and those boys up there, I feel like they'll win that one as well. So I got them going undefeated through this last stretch of these four games and then this season 4-0. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. okay. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm close. I'm close on that one. I got um, I got us getting a win against the Bengals, but I think it'll be a tougher game than we expect. They do have some offensive firepower there. It is a 12 game. I think at, at this point of the season, we're rolling a little bit, so we gotta gotta fight that urge to uh, to let our let off the pedal against a team that that we believe is a little a little lower than us. So, but we still get the win. Uh, I think we get a win against the 49ers. Tough game. I don't trust uh, Jimmy G, so I think we should we should beat them. Uh, I think it's, it's a tight race at the end of the season, so that Eagles game is very important for us. So we go out there and we handle business, and we take a game off against we take a game off against the Giants because we got it all wrapped up. We got our, our seed and everything locked in, so we rest some of our players so we can get ready for the playoffs. So that's the L, but that's you know only because of the circumstances. So three and one. Yep. All right. So, gentlemen, looking at what you have, Church, do you like this record you got? You got a ten and six mark for the Cowboys. And uh, yeah, Greg, you got the Cowboys going eleven and five. Yeah. The, the, the schedule. The schedule says that, man. And of course, all this is based on what we believe the teams are, how they played last year. Because we, no one can know how they how they'll be this year. But looking at the schedule and the teams that we have on there and how they performed last year, if they just get a little bit better, I still think that we have a chance to to, to run this schedule pretty pretty nice. Yeah, John Clayton, Hall of Fame uh, NFL writer, he writes for the Washington Post. He's written down the teams, the, top, the five teams that have the easiest schedules in the NFL, and the Cowboys are one of those five teams. So you've got the Cowboys 11 and 5, McCray. Church, you got them 10 and 6. This will get them in the playoffs. Here's the question Does this win the NFC East for the Cowboys, in your opinion? Danny? Yes. <laughs> Yes, I don't. I really, I don't know how good the Eagles are going to be. They, they are a question mark. But I, I don't believe that the, the Giants and the Redskins are, are going to be in competition for the division crown. So I really think it's just between us and the Eagles, and we, we sweep them. So I believe that, that we win a division this year. Church. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with McCray on this one. Um, I'm going to have to go with uh, the Cowboys winning the division. Um, usually it's, it's between Philadelphia and Dallas to win this division. Um, they go back and forth. I, I think uh, Washington, they're going to be a little bit better than they were last year as, as well as the New York Giants, but I just don't think they're there yet to compete for this division, uh, division title. So I think it will come down to the Philadelphia Eagles and the Cowboys. I think they'll split that series, but overall the Cowboys will have a better record. 
because um, the Eagles have a tougher record being as though they won a division last year. So I got to give it to the Cowboys, and uh, I think they'll make the playoffs this year. All right, so the Cowboys with uh, five primetime games this year. They will play Monday night. That's a that's against Arizona. Uh, they got three Sunday night football games, and they've got that Thursday night game um, in December, December 3rd, against the Baltimore Ravens. And, of course, we know they got the annual Thanksgiving Day game. So a lot of Cowboys on your television screen. Gerald McCoy has joined the Cowboys. It's on a one-year deal. And Gerald McCoy had an interesting take on opening up the season against the Los Angeles Rams. Here's Gerald McCoy last night on DallasCowboys.com. Yeah, those divisional games are, are huge. And uh, whether the home or away, um, you always want to do your best to win those divisional games. And uh, like you said, that's when you get into – we're getting into those games where you're getting into the meat of the schedule. Um, and it's around, you know, uh, like Mr. Jones said, in November, December – is when people are playing their best football. But you really start to figure out who you are after week seven, into week eight. Then you kind of start to see who's really who. And teams start to develop into who they really are. You know, you have those first three, four weeks where people might be like, oh, well, this team is going directly to the Super Bowl. And then as the season stretches out, it's like, well, they're not really. So when we start playing those division games, we'll start getting into the point to where people will really start seeing who we are and we'll start figuring out who we are. And there's no better teams to play than your division games when you start to get to that point in the season. Okay, that was uh, some really good stuff in case you missed it last night on DallasCowboys.com. Gerald McCoy, Tyrone Crawford, and Hall of Famer Jerry Jones came in to weigh in on the schedule. I want to take a break right now. When we come back, I don't want to be Debbie Downer, but I'm going to go ahead and, and, and channel my inner Danny McCray and ask a question that some of us don't want to talk about with what's going on with the schedule here. Also, we'll talk about Andy Dalton becoming the Cowboys backup quarterback and what that means, and also why Cam Newton can't find a job right now. A whole lot more to get to. You're listening and watching the players on Dallas Cowboys. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too 
right above the subway. Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor, Angus. A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store to find out how to get one of our popular smartphones for $0 down. Based on GWS1 score, September 2019. Back to the Players' Lounge. What goes with uh, getting to be a part of the team, uh, whether it's from a player perspective or any member of the team? Uh, we're going to all have a memory. Uh, Gerald is, uh, all the players are, coaches. I'm going to get to have a memory of uh, having played that first uh, regular season game against the Los Angeles Ram team that stepped out there in the entertainment capital of the world in that iconic stadium. And your Dallas Cowboys are coming out there to uh, show up on center stage. So I see it. I feel it. Uh, it, uh, it feels like the Cowboys, really, to get to be out there and be in that gorgeous new stadium on a personal basis. Uh, I was born almost where that stadium sits. I was born in Englewood, right off the end of the runway. And I uh, have a, a lot of my cousins and second, first, second, third cousins out there. And uh, it'd be an exciting time to go back out there and take these Dallas Cowboys and uh, put it on those Los Angeles Rams. But uh, it's a big night. I was uh, had my fingers crossed that we'd get a chance to open that stadium against the Rams. All right, that is Hall of Fame owner Jerry Jones, who was born in El Segundo, California. And Jerry was given the key to the city before the Cowboys ended up playing Super Bowl 27 at the Rose Bowl. That was the first Super Bowl won by Jerry Jones and Jimmy Johnson. So he gets to take the Cowboys to Los Angeles to open up the new stadium that he and Stan Kroenke helped get done. Uh, Jerry is a very integral part of helping get football in Los Angeles. And Danny... Um, Barry, not sure if you know this, and Jerry said this last year on 105.3 The Fan, the Cowboys official radio home, that the NFL came to him and asked him if he would be willing to sell the Cowboys and they would give Jerry the Los Angeles market and send Jerry on out there to just really get L.A. going. Jerry said no, but he would be helpful in terms of helping the NFL get back to Los Angeles. McCray, what do you think about that? Jerry could have been the owner of whatever L.A. team and run that thing <laughs> all by himself, but he decided to stay with the Cowboys. First of all, one, Jerry loves the Cowboys. It's like one of his children. He will. I don't, I don't believe he will ever let it go. So, I mean, I, I knew that they – I know they had to know that they were reaching when they asked and he, that he would probably say no, but, I mean, you just got to give it a shot. I also think that uh, Jerry also knows that when there's something this big going on in the NFL, the Cowboys are going to be a part of it. When you open it up a stadium in L.A., his fingers were crossed, and he, but he knew in the back of his mind that we would be the first team up to, to open up this stadium because you want to get as much attention and, and notoriety on it as possible. So – He's he's accustomed to to doing things like this. Even though he had his fingers crossed, I'm sure he already knew that it was it was it was in the works. Church, your thoughts? Jerry Jones could have been the owner of a NFL franchise in LA and would have sold the Cowboys. Uh, yeah, he he made the right decision. I mean, I gotta agree with McCray on this one. Uh, like like he said. 
he, he pretty much, you know, raised the Cowboys franchise into this multi-billion dollar empire that's the face of the NFL right now. And, and like he said, the Cowboys have their fingers in, in everything when it comes to the NFL. So we pretty much knew that if the L.A. Rams were opening up a stadium to get the if the seats are filled, if we can fill, fill the seats in with this whole COVID-19 thing going, team going, thing going around, if they can fill the seats, the only team that would be able to do that would be the Dodge Cowboys. So like uh, McCray said, in the back of his mind, he knew that we were going to be able to in that first opening game. But uh, like, like I said, he made the right decision. The Cowboys are a multi-billion dollar empire now. And he's the, he's the main reason that they're, um, they're that uh, beneficial. All right, Barry, stay with me right there. And, and this is something that I get from Danny McCraig. Is Danny, Danny's our, our big-time realist here. We don't know <laughs> what's going to happen right now with the NFL. And we're putting out the schedule like, hey, everything is all good. We don't even know if the Cowboys are going to be able to go out to Oxnard, California for training camp because right now the governor of California, Gavin, Gavin Newsom, has that state on lockdown. So who knows what's going to happen in terms of the Cowboys being able to even play in Los Angeles. And if they do, maybe it's in front of no fans. But but who knows right now? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, who, who knows? Like you said, man, I mean um – Right now, we're we're in the time that we we don't even know anything about. I mean, we never experienced such a such a pandemic like this. And uh, for the NFL, to you know, they're trying to keep, give people um, hope that you know the season's going to start. We're going to put our fans in there and all that good stuff. But like you said, Nui, we we just don't know. We don't know how fast this thing can spread again if we get masses together or how fast we can get a vaccine for it. So we just don't know. And uh, I think it would be it would be a bad bad news if if there was no football for uh, the American public throughout the season. I mean, that that would be pretty bad. McCray? Yeah, same here. I, I, I think it will be really bad, especially since that means that we've gone that long without having any other sports besides UFC putting on a few fights. I think people will be going crazy about betting, fantasy football, everything that, that is around the NFL season not taking place will have people go, going a little crazy. Um yeah, honestly, and then with the with the pandemic going on, I, I I just at this point we don't know. I mean, the, the NFL has to do uh, you know business as usual. They have to to plan like they're still going to be able to play, so it would be irresponsible for them not to to have a schedule. But I did hear something about them having a contingency plan with if you don't play a game in week one, then you'll play that game in week eighteen, and then week two if you don't have a game, you'll play that game in week nineteen, and so on. So I mean, it's it's good to hear that they have a plan and and the, the the season will still be able to play out even if it's delayed. So everybody's fingers are crossed, man. But like like Nui said, if, if you're being real about it, until we really see a, a drastic change in, in how this pandemic is affecting us, uh, the, my hopes are, <laughs> are modest at best. To me, it's going to be very interesting to see, you know, particularly by the time we get to September, you know, what states are open and what states aren't. Uh, let me just throw this scenario out here. And, Danny, I'll start with you. What if California is not going to allow football to happen and other states are? Do you Could you see the NFL going to Stan Kroenke and saying, all right, Stan, move your game from Los Angeles to Dallas to start the season? Your thoughts on that? Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah, most definitely. Yeah, you. I don't think they will let let one state hold them back if you have a another option, right? If you can't play in L.A., then play in Texas. This is football. You say we play wherever they'll let us play, like Bruce Arians. You line them up, uh, put them on the field, and we'll play them. It, it doesn't matter what stadium, what arena we're in, we'll play football. So I mean, yeah, if California don't want to play, bring them to Texas. We we know we'll let them in. Church, let me throw this out here to you. Just looking at the schedule, the first three games for the Cowboys, okay, so it's at Los Angeles, home against Atlanta, and then it's at Seattle. We've seen California and Washington hit hard by COVID-19. Um, I remember when the Rangers and the Seattle Mariners were supposed to face each other to start the Major League Baseball season, and their governor ended up, ended up shutting down all activities in Washington. So what about the possibility that the Cowboys – First three games, two of which will be one in California, one in Washington, uh, one in Washington, could be games they don't play if those states do not open up. Your thoughts? Yeah, if those states do not open up, that'll be like like McCray said, that'll be extremely tricky. I mean, like I said, this is a marquee franchise that you know the NFL kind of has their has their backs and they want to they want to see them on the field and want to see their their product on the field. But if this COVID nineteen thing is still going around with California and with Washington being hit so hard, I can see them saying you know those games aren't being taken. They're not going to be uh taken out there. So they might flip them and have them and Cowboys start you know three straight home games. I I can see that happening as well. But I just think there's so much money out there for um for the NFL as a as an organization and for these franchises that I can see them playing games. I just don't know if it'll be in front of people or if they'll just have to go all to where states are allowing these to, these uh, things to be played. But that's just a lot of money out there to lose if this uh, if this pandemic is uh, continuing. I tell you, one, one one positive about this is that uh, you know the NFL stadiums will be open, so you won't run into an issue of there's a concert plan, so you won't be able to to adjust and have the home team be the away team or the away team be the home team because the, the venue is already booked. These these venues should be open and they should be able to adjust and have a, a, a home team become an away team if, if they need to in order to play the game. This is the Players' Lounge on a Friday. I'm Newey Scruggs, longtime Cowboys reporter. Danny McCray, Barry Church join me every Friday. They're former Dallas Cowboys defensive backs. Let's talk about quarterback Andy Dalton. So we did our show on Friday. Andy was not signed. The Cowboys end up getting him on a one-year deal. He gets $3 million, up to $7 million based on incentives. I have uh, seen a whole lot of Andy Dalton, watched his entire career at TCU, which ended with a Rose Bowl win over Wisconsin. He also played against Kellen Moore twice during his uh, his TCU career when uh, Kellen was a quarterback at Boise State. And they were both uh, in the Mountain West Conference together. I'm going to start with you, Danny McCray. Your thoughts on Andy Dalton coming in here as a backup quarterback? <laughs> no, you know, right now I'm still at, I'm still pushing this July 15th to see if if he's actually going to be the backup quarterback. <laughs> is, is 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 that going to show up? And then I, I, Jerry and them have to be looking at this offense and saying, "All right, Andy Dalton is not uh, Matt Castle." All right, he's he's better than that with the weapons that we have around him on the offense. If we have to put him in to play, I believe he could still win us some games. So I mean, Andy Dalton as a competitor and a nine-year starter has to be thinking the same way to some extent. Now him being a backup, I think that's great because if you if you're starting caliber, you should be able to, to, to back up a guy when you get on the field. So I still think it's a great move. I think it puts a little pressure. On, on this contract situation with Dak as well. 
Uh, for me, I think it was an extremely smart move uh, by the Cowboys as, the, as an organization. I think on both fronts, it's a smart move. Um, for one, you have an experienced quarterback that can go in there, and if anything happens to Dak, you know, he gets hurt or anything like that, he can step in there and play. He can help, you know, mold Dak's game and show him how he's experienced and, and pretty much um, be that backup quarterback that we need and we never had in the past. And on the other front, on the contract situation, if, you know, Dak's trying to hold out and doesn't want to play and we're starting games, we have an experienced quarterback back there that with all these weapons around him should be able to produce on a uh, fairly high level. So um, I think it's an extremely great move on both, both behalves and um, hopefully it works out for this season. All right. Um, Andy Dalton has won 70 games in nine seasons in the National Football League. He took Cincinnati to the playoffs five times. He's a three-time Pro Bowl. One thing that I, I know from reading my social media, there's some Cowboy fans that aren't really familiar with how the Jones family has dealt with backup quarterbacks uh, during their tenure since buying the team in 1989. They've always had good backup quarterbacks. I go back to Steve Berline when, when Jimmy Johnson was a head coach. And Steve Berline helped the Cowboys win some games. And, he, and, and going into the playoffs, they ended up winning that, that Bears game before they ended up losing to the Lions. And Steve Berline started those two playoff games for them. Bernie Kosar was cut by Bill Belichick and the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Jimmy picked up Bernie. Bernie came in to the... Uh, NFC Championship game against the 49ers and helped deliver a victory there as the Cowboys ended up going on to win Super Bowl 28, their second win over the Buffalo Bills. Rodney Pete was a backup quarterback to Troy Aikman. Randall Cunningham was here as a backup quarterback. We saw Kyle Orton backing up Tony Romo. We saw John Kitna backing up Tony Romo. So Andy Dalton falls in line in what the Cowboys have always tried to do. If they found a capable backup player, a guy who's been a starter, it's almost been a pit stop for guys because Burline ended up leaving the Cowboys and going to play again. We saw that with, with Bernie Kosar. We saw, we, we, we've seen it with other dudes. Andy says, hey, I'm going to reevaluate my career here for the season, get some work with Mike McCarthy, and he hopes to get back on the market next year and become a starter. So I think the Cowboys have made a pretty good move here. And I also, Danny, I don't think this is, I don't think this is a negotiating issue at all. I think this is the Cowboys doing what they've always done. I don't feel like this has any type of effect on the negotiations with Dak Prescott. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't any type, any type of yeah. anything to do with the contract <laughs> at all. You ain't saying nothing. You don't think it has anything to do with the contract situation. This is about years. They pretty much have agreed to the money by all reports. It's a number of years. Dak wants four years. The Cowboys want five or five or six. Now think about it. Now you go back and just look at the deals they've signed. Now, they got a six-year deal for Ezekiel. Um, no, no, basically, the Cowboys aren't doing four-year deals with anybody. Zach Martin signed for more than four, uh, four years. Tank signed for more than four years. Amari Cooper was a five-year deal. The Cowboys don't want to do a short deal. That's not how they do business. Dak wants to do a short deal so he can get back on the market. So it's not about the dollars. This is about how long but, this deal is. But, no, way, that, that, I mean, that, that's... Go ahead, go ahead, D-Mac. No, but... but but Nui, that's that's the point. You just said that the Cowboys don't do four-year deals, and Dak is wanting a four-year deal. So even though it's not about the money, that's still a, a big part of the negotiation. So even though it's not them having to pay him more money, the guy wants a four-year deal. So as you explained it, they're far off in negotiations. So I don't think they they made this this move intentionally to to affect the negotiations, but I think it will have an effect on on how they move forward with this. I believe, gentlemen, on July, by July, because the date, the deadline is July 15th. 
on July 15th, there will be a deal done. I, 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 just, I just know this. The Cowboys have always gotten their man. And if they got the Ezekiel Elliott deal done, because to me, that was the one time where I was really wondering if Jerry Jones and Steven were going to stick to their guns where they said, we're not going to reset the market. And they reset the market. Ezekiel still had years left on his deal. So if Ezekiel Elliott's getting done, you better believe that, Prescott. But, but knew it, but knew it. No, remember, remember they, they they saw what the team looked like without uh, Ezekiel Elliott uh, <laughs> the year before, so so they knew they didn't want to go into that. They haven't seen that with Dak. I think this, this, this situation is just a little different. But you know, you're optimistic. So we'll, July fifteenth, we'll see. Yes, I am optimistic, Barry. I'm optimistic. I'm not buying into Danny's Danny's turn down a negative road here. I'm going to stay positive and just also go but history, all right? See, Barry, history shows that the Cowboys get their guys. They always do. I mean, they always get there. They get the Tank Lawrence, you know, they got the Crawfords. Uh, like, you know, Hitch, they let Hitchens walk out the door. I don't know about that, but, I mean, you're, you're right. They do get their guys, but, I mean, like McCray said, if, if, if they're a year off on, on negotiations, they're still pretty far off on it. So, we'll see. Like you guys said, we shall see. July 15th hey. is the date. But my question is, if he doesn't sign by the 15th, does he show up to camp? Does he have it in him to just be like, nah, I ain't showing up, period? Dak will play. I mean, keep in mind, you're still going to get $31 million, okay? <laughs> I don't that see him true. saying, no, true. I'm going to sit home. <laughs> Be- because, and keep in mind, by the 15th, if there's not a deal done, they can't do a long-term deal. So it has to get done by July 15th. So come July 15th, if there is no deal that's agreed okay. to, then it is a one-year contract for $31 million. So that, that that's just how it's going to be. And Lord knows, as a quarterback, you can't just sit out. And with all this talent around here, if he sits out, he's just going to drive his own market value down. So uh, I, don't see a, I don't see him not reporting at all, Barry. That, that he, Dak Prescott will quarterback the Cowboys this season. It's just the, the whole question mark. Is it on a one-year deal or a long-term deal? And I feel like it'll be on a long-term deal. I'm going with a one-piece. I'm going with a one piece. You know, on the side. One piece. Okay. No, no, we we we've been talking about this for how long? When we started the show, we was talking about that contract. <laughs> they talking about. They still talking about years ago, man. We've been talking about okay. this forever. You're okay. You're right. You're right. Now, can, can I, all right, I'm gonna go by history again, okay? Because history is a good barometer. What happened with Cooper? Went down to the end, didn't it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that, that, that's not that, that's not the same. Yeah. Cooper was here for Cooper okay. was here for one year. <laughs> let, let, let me finish. Let me finish now. So, all right, all right, my bad, my bad. Uh, what was Zeke Elliott? What did I do? Went down to the end, didn't it? Pretty much went down to the end. Uh, what about Tank Lawrence? Pretty much went down to the end. This is kind of how they do business here. Zach Martin even held out. Okay, he he decided not to show up to the OTA. I mean, they had to get that deal done. So. This is kind of in line with what we've seen here lately. And at the end of the day, they get the guy they want. When they say they want you, they don't let you go. Nui, take take Tank Lawrence out of there because he played on the franchise tag, all right? (laughs) So (laughs) you got to take him out. They got him, but he was franchise tagged. (laughs) So so, so that one don't count. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Coop was here for one year, and he was about to leave. They had to do it because it was no, it was no franchise tag for him. <laughs> oh yeah, D-Law okay. took two franchise tags. Yeah, so it, was, so. it was the second when he was like, he said, "I'm not doing this again. I'm not doing." It. But yeah. still, I mean, you know, 
that, that's anyway. My my history there is pretty pretty decent. Um, we've got to take another break here. We, we, my gosh, it's forty minutes after. We are just chewing up so much time. I still have a whole bunch of topics that I haven't gotten to yet. There's one signing that the Cowboys made that I don't think people are talking about enough. Did they do enough to help out this defense? And an issue that all three of us have talked about off the air. We want to bring it to the air and and, and chat it up here. So. This is a lot. It's a busy Friday. The Cowboys always in the news here. I'm Newey Scruggs. It's Danny McCray and Barry Church. This is the Players' Lounge. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson Hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today in the Stadium Pro Shop or at Stetson.com. Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too... Right above the subway! Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor, Angus. A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store to find out how to get one of our popular smartphones for $0 down. Based on GWS1 score September 2019. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. Helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. Where you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. So, you're shopping, and that's when you see it. Aisle 23. Dr. Pepper stack from top to bottom as far as the eye can see. The phrase too good to be true comes to mind, yet there it is. A rich, delicious Dr. Pepper paradise. Wait, did, did that can of Dr. Pepper just open itself for you? They all are. As if to say, so nice to treat you. And even though it feels weird to talk to a can, you pick one up and say, it's so nice to be treated. Dr. Pepper, so nice to treat you. Back to the Players' Lounge. Here we are on a Friday. Players' Lounge, DallasCowboys.com. We appreciate you uh, giving us some time on your Friday. I'm Louis Scruggs, longtime Cowboys reporter, joined by former Dallas Cowboys players, Danny McCray and Barry Church. All right, gentlemen. A signing that I don't think people are talking about enough, which I believe is very important, that is Cam Irving coming on on a one-year deal to be the swing tackle for the Cowboys. He played with the Chiefs last year. Chiefs, as we know, won the Super Bowl. He was drafted by the Cleveland Browns, had a tenure there that did not uh, did not live up to the billing. But I believe this is big. Cam Fleming ended up leaving to go to the New York Giants. Tyron Smith has missed uh, three games the last four seasons. Uh, we know he's going to miss time. And then last year, that Jets game, Tyron was out. But we also saw Lyle Collins miss that game as well. So to me, I think Cam Irving is a signing that matters. Church? 
Uh, yeah, I agree with you on that one. I think this is just as important as the uh, Andy Dalton signing. I mean, you got to have a, a quality backup at an important position. And as we've seen, uh, like you said, Tyron Smith, he's missed time with his back and injuries like that. And we've seen Lyle Collins have injuries in, throughout this uh, throughout the last season. So to have a guy that can swing tackle between both, a quality pickup, a veteran guy who's had experience out there, um, he, he's, a, he's a solid piece for this offense, and you need depth pieces. So I think this is a very, very solid pickup for the Cowboys. Yeah, uh, same here. I mean, in the uh, over the past, I want to say you know, and Barry, you went through it yourself. Go ahead, Dan. Oh no, go 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 ahead. We 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 moved it. All right, I was was just going to say here, you guys both, you guys have both made the Dallas Cowboys just undrafted free agents. And I was looking at the class of kids they bought, brought in here and signed and looking at the bios. Uh, there's some pretty impressive resumes here. Do you guys see any particular player that you like as they get ready for some of these camp battles? You say, hey, look out for that guy. And I'm going to take credit 100%. When Barry Church came out of Toledo, I said, there's a guy I think can make the team. When Romo, when Romo came from Eastern Illinois, I had a conversation with Terrence Newman. I said, hey, I like this Romo guy. I know he was the Walter Payton player of the year, and you played against him. And Terrence told me he is the Carson Palmer of small school quarterbacks because that year Carson Palmer was the number one pick of the Cincinnati Bengals, and Terrence had played for them both. So, so um, go ahead give me your guy. All right, so 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 I take it. Um, my guy is a is a safety from Illinois State, Luther Kirk. Uh, he was the MVP of the of the Shrine Game. Uh, we don't have enough safeties on the roster uh, right now. We talked about that being some something that we addressed in the draft, but they waited. They waited until after the draft to, to address that. And I think this kid can play. Uh, he's not the fastest. He, you know, he ran around in between 4.5 and 4.6. He's explosive, jumped to 39-inch uh, vertical, uh, broad jump, 10, 10 foot 6 inches. He has some strength, seven, 17 reps on the 225. So I think he's a prototypical special teams guy for his first year, and he can learn from those two guys that are starting ahead of him. And he can be one of those developmental guys who, who, who shows up in a year or two uh, in a starting lineup. Yeah, that, was a, that was a solid pick right there. Um, for myself, I'm going to have to go with uh, Francis Bernard, the linebacker out of Utah. Now, this is a guy who he started out as his career as a running back. They went to BYU and then uh, took off a year and then signed back with uh, Utah. And as a senior year, he led the team in tackles. He's a very uh, uh, quarterback of the defense type of, of linebacker. I mean, he's not the fastest. He went to the combat. I think he ran in the four sevens and whatnot. But he's extremely smart. He knows how to quarterback a defense, and he knows what he's doing in pass coverage. And you can never have enough linebackers that can rush the passer or that can uh, drop back in pass coverage. So we've seen with the linebackers in the past with the Cowboys, they've had injury history. We've seen Lake Vanderess out for uh, multiple games. We've seen Sean Lee out for multiple games. So just to bring another depth piece in there, like McCray said, that can that can contribute on special teams as well be it as well as being a depth piece for this linebacker core I think he has a great chance of making the team but like you said you got to put a work on the field first I'm going to go with uh, two tight ends that I'm going to watch very much uh, Charlie Tamapeo went to Portland State he's a pass catching tight end and then Sean McKeon is a big tight end from Michigan and he can block 
Look for Charlie to see if he can work on his blocking. He was an All-American at the FCS level. I just don't know if Dalton Schultz, I mean, Dalton uh, Schultz is going to end up making this team as a backup tight end. I think that we could see one of these uh, rookie tight ends sneak in here. But Charlie Tepepeau is going to be a, a guy I like a whole lot here, McCray. Uh, yeah, I mean, we need something to go with Blake Jarwin and, and the tight end position, as we see across the league, if you look at the Kittles of the world, is a very important position, especially if you come across a guy who's athletic enough to block and uh, create a mismatch on out on the outside uh, if he's going against a cornerback or on the inside when he's playing against linebackers and tight ends. So I, I think it's a good position to watch, and hopefully we can strike gold with, with, with one of these guys. Church, take me back to your time being an undrafted free agent. Why did you pick the Cowboys? Who else offered you? And and also the stress of trying to make an NFL roster. Uh, well, for me, uh, yeah, it was it was super stressful for me. Um, you know, because I didn't think it happened that quick uh, after the draft. You know, I was heartbroken I didn't get drafted or whatnot, but. Um, as soon as the draft was over, my agent said, hey, all right, you got basically like 10 minutes to pick between um, these teams that you want to pursue. So I thought, you know, I was going to have a couple of days or something to, ch to ch uh, pick a team I wanted to do research on it. But I had to go pretty quick. And um, my agent told me, he's like, you know, the Cowboys special teams reached out to us. Uh, at the time, it was Joe DiCamillis. And um, he was saying he liked your game, and that's the fastest way to make the team is through special teams, and then you might have a chance to play on defense. So I went with my agent's gut feeling and um, decided to sign with the Cowboys. And um, I ended up being in a great situation. I had a great leadership up there with Gerald Sensenball and uh, our coaches at the time, Brent Maxey and Campo, um, were great in accelerate, accelerating my game on the field and defensively. So um, I ended up picking the right situation, but it's a, definitely a stressful, tr stressful pass to take, man. Um, you know, you got to make a decision extremely fast right after the draft. McCray, I'm going to be a homer here, but let me also bring up running back Darius Anderson out of TCU. He has a kick return ability here. He also is a tough guy that can kind of get between those tackles as well. That's a running back, and I think about where the Cowboys look, if they carry four, um, that, that I can see him being maybe that third tailback kind of guy, but also a dude who plays special teams. That was how you made the Cowboys here. And I just feel like a guy who's got experience already playing special teams in college has a little bit of an edge, especially if they do not have a full training camp in OTAs. Yeah, definitely, because most of the time what you see from these guys coming out of college, especially the starters, is that they hadn't played special teams before. So it takes the coaches a little bit more time to get these dudes trained and developed to play these different positions and get used to these new movements. So with him being being a guy who's already played special teams and already being labeled as tough and a guy who, who, who never quits and can go out there and, and, and play something like that, I think it's definitely an advantage for him when he, when he steps on the field. Church, Cam Newton, unsigned. Your thoughts? Uh, I was, I'm pretty much surprised right now that he's unsigned. And then I think he came out the other day with something talking about he doesn't want to be a, a backup quarterback or something like that. He wants to be a starter. And um, I know I, it's just going to be hard for him to break the break any team through with being a starter. I mean, he might just have to be that backup for a year. But I was pretty surprised that he was not even you know picked up or anything like that. But 
I feel like Carolina, you know, did kind of a, did them a disservice by releasing them as late as they did. Um, you know, guys were already in situations with their quarterbacks and everything was kind of sewed up by the time he hit the market. So uh, I think they kind of did him a disservice. But if he wants to be that starting quarterback, he might have to wait out a year before getting back into the NFL because I just don't see him cracking the lineup anywhere right now. Guys are kind of sewn into their positions. So um, we'll see. It's going to be tough. If he, if he doesn't want to be a backup, he might have to uh, be out for a year. All right, guys, we had spent um, our off-air prep talking about the death of Amon Arbery down in Brunswick, Georgia, in, in Brunswick, Georgia, down there in, in near the Savannah area, a place I used to live. My dad was stationed down there when I was younger. Um, the Players Coalition ended up making a statement today. I want to read part of what they said. It says, today, the Players Coalition and professional athletes sent a letter to Attorney General William Barr, FBI Director Christopher Wray, and Deputy Attorney General for Civil Rights Eric DeBrand requesting an immediate federal investigation into the tragic death of Vermont Aubrey. Signers include Anquan Bolden and Malcolm Jenkins, co-founders of the Players Coalition, and other athletes and coaches across teams and leagues such as Tom Brady of the Buccaneers, Julian Edelman of the New England Patriots, Cam Jordan of the New Orleans Saints, Mark Ingram of the Baltimore Ravens, Steve Kerr of the Golden State Warriors, and Stan Van Gundy, former NBA coach and current broadcaster in many more. They requested the FBI and the Department of Justice Criminal Section of the Civil Rights Division lead the investigation into this horrible shooting. The Georgia prosecutors delay in moving forward an arrest and grand jury investigation to move spark only a considerable amount of public activism um, and the existence of numerous local conflicts means that a robust federally led investigation is the only way to restore community trust that Mr. Aubrey's death will be fully investigated. Because on February 23rd, two white men, Travis and Greg McMichael, tragically gunned down Mr. Aubrey while he was on a jog. They claimed that they were attempting to make a citizen's arrest, but no credible evidence exists that Mr. Aubrey committed any crime. It wasn't until yesterday, 74 days after Aubrey was killed, that police arrested the McMichaels. The prosecutor on the case assigned after the previous two prosecutors <coughs> rescued themselves due to the conflicts neglected to send the case to the grand jury until after a video of the terrible incident was made public. So that's the first part of this letter for the Players Coalition. Uh, gentlemen, your thoughts. Go ahead, McCray. I, th I think it's uh, amazing and, and, and very concerning that it took all of that for for this to happen, for them to, to get arrested. Uh, we, we saw the video, and then the first thing that goes into your mind is if, if that video doesn't come out, these guys, they get no attention, and they possibly get away with this, which is absolutely ludicrous. <laughs> I'm watching this video, and this is, and for me, this is probably one of the, the more clear versions of of things that we've seen going on in the past. When you think about like something that happened to Trayvon Martin and some other people, this video was clear. You see everything happen on there, and I think that's where the outcry is coming from. And I don't think that like this should be necessary for people to start speaking out. But I'm I'm glad they did, and I'm glad that we finally got a little bit of justice to start from from this issue. Yeah, I, I know. I, I agree with you 100% on that, McCray. I mean, that, it's, a, it's, it's kind of a frightening situation. I mean, like you said, um, the guy was out for a jog, and you, I mean, you should feel your safest while you're just taking a jog during bright, broad daylight, and uh, something like this happens. I mean, it's tragic, and um, like you said, McCray, I'm glad the, the, the Players Coalition, you know, spoke out on it, and and they, um, they're trying to get justice for this situation. But um, like you said, it's a, it's a very scary and frightening, frightening world we live in now. And um, this situation is, 
is evidence of that. And I'll just close the, the, the letter contained more, but I'll just close the end of it here where it says, Players Coalition is dedicated to advocating for social justice and racial equality and holding those who commit injustices accountable. The letter was sent to attorney William Barr and signed by the following blow, and it goes through through numerous players that we, we, we talked about there. So the Players Coalition had worked with NFL owners in the past, and so they continue their work on this issue here. So it's going to be uh, very interesting to see exactly where they go forward with this. I saw the video as well. Um, this is not what America is about. A person on a jog should not be shot down by people. And as I said, I, I will be very interested to see where it goes. But at the end of the day, you've got NFL players as well as, as well Steve Kerr the NBA. We've got people who are who are saying, look, this is not right, and this is players using their position to try and bring light. And once again, you go back to Colin Kaepernick, who is really uh, at the forefront of trying to say, look, there are things going wrong here and bringing this to justice. So I'll be very eager to see exactly uh, where this goes, gentlemen. Nui, no, no, question for you. Because <laughs> one of the most concerning things is, even though that these guys have been arrested, the the thing that worries me the most is I still have to sit here and think, will they be convicted or will they go to jail? Or, or, or will we see an instance where we're watching on TV and they get that not guilty verdict and they're uh, free to walk the streets again? Like, I, I just don't think that, that we should have to think that way or that should even be a possibility, especially when you see a video like this where everything is evident that they did everything wrong in the situation. I'll use a Bill Parcells quote. All I can go by is what I see. And what we have seen with the criminal justice system tells you that you should be worried. It, it just is that an outcome a, a, that what you saw the video that you think these guys are going to go to jail and be convicted. We don't know that. We don't know. I mean, that's why we have to have the trial. And what do we know? We know what we think sometimes is, hey, this is an A, A, A. a a, B happen equals C. We, does not always happen. So I understand what you're saying. And because of history and the way things gone, it's 100% um, accurate in terms of your, your, your thought process. All right. Uh, let's end this the way we started with the Cowboys schedule. Gentlemen, according to both of your takes on the Cowboys schedule, <laughs> Dallas is going to the playoffs as NFC East champions. Church, you got them going 10-6. and six. McCray, you got them going 11-5 and five under new head coach, Mike McCarthy, gentlemen, that's 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 pretty ambitious. <laughs> considering right now they don't have, you know, there's no in-person OTAs, and these guys aren't able to work with them. So, uh, you know, McCarthy could be under the gun depending on how much time he actually has to work with this team. Let, let, let me tell you this. So, also the. Browns don't have virtual. <laughs> the Giants, who have an awesome coordinator, don't have virtual. The Cardinals have a new a new star receiver who who will, have, will only be on virtual. The Redskins are the Redskins. The Eagles didn't have receivers last year, but they drafted one who will only be doing virtual workouts. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is the only one with the Steelers. It's a lot of opportunities here for us to get dubs on people who will, will probably have less – uh, familiar, familiarity with people on their team than we do. So I, I think that the, the, the chance is nice wait, for us wait, to go wait. win that division. <laughs> okay, so, so McCray, here, here, here. Oh, Barry, help me understand Danny's optimism. So Danny has this optimism about that, but he doesn't have optimism that Dak Prescott's going to get signed by Jerry Jones, who continually shown you in the past that he gets the deals done with the guys he wants. 
Go ahead, one more time, Nui. I said, help me understand Danny has this great optimism that the Cowboys are going to be okay without off-season workouts, but he has no faith in Jerry Jones signing Dan- Dak Prescott to a long-term deal. <laughs> uh, I don't I understand that one as well. Uh, <laughs> you said he has <laughs> no faith in <laughs> that Dak Prescott will get his, his deal done, but he has faith that the Cowboys will come through and make the playoffs. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. But, no, yeah. but <laughs> you said he's going to play this year on the tag or not, so it's not like we're not going to have Dak. I'm just saying that we might only have him for this year. And if we have him for this year, <laughs> they, they better make it the best year possible. <laughs> Danny McCray, I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to get me to bet, and I'm not going to bet with you again. I'm done. I'm done paying off bets because I don't like where I have to go pay off these bets at. I don't like the restaurant, so I'm not making the bet, okay? The fact, the fact that you don't want to bet, the fact that you don't want to bet lets me know that you know that there's a possibility that I'm right. So I take that. No. Make the no, bet. No, we make the bet. <laughs> At the restaurant of my choice. At the restaurant no. of my choice. <laughs> How are you going to lose a bet and pick the restaurant? <laughs> <laughs> because, because I'm paying for it. Exactly. Pay, no. I'm going to have to pay for it. I'm at least eat somewhere I like, unlike the last time. That, that, that's not what a bet is. You're supposed to do something that you don't like. <laughs> that's a bet. <laughs> And suffer the consequences, huh? Yes. <laughs> yes. See, see I, I'm not Michael Jordan. I don't have a competitive problem. I'm not gambling. I'm good. I'm good. Okay, I'm good. I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> no, hey, listen, I, I, I'm going to tell them not to feed you at the, at the table when you sit down. <laughs> <laughs> you, go ahead try, you go ahead and try that. You go ahead and try that. I'll, I'll use that letter. Well, Thomas' wife used... Okay. She busts in that hotel. Yeah. I got something for all y'all. I got something for all y'all. Hey, this between oh, Nui, this, yeah, beto- right. this, this, this between us, Nui. We don't need no questions, bro. <laughs> okay. hey, y'all ain't right, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, fellas, it, it's one hour on the dot. It's one hour on the dot. This was fun as always. We appreciate everybody who tunes into the Players Lounge Fridays. We do it 11 uh, 11 a.m. Central Time. So thank you so much. We'll do it again. He's Barry Church, Danny McCray. They're both former Dallas Cowboys players. I'm New York's longtime Cowboys reporter. Thanks to Chris Beam and everybody here with the Dallas Cowboys who helped set up this podcast. We'll talk to you next Friday. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?